Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fanboy Comics Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Clay, and today we're going to be going through the Show and Jump Saturday show. Of course, this podcast is a podcast that goes through the Marvel Unlimited app, the DC Universe app, and of course, like today, we're going to be jumping through the Show and Jump app as well. And I gotta say, I I was going through a little bit of a lull, and anybody who's you know been listening to this podcast... I've been changing things up what feels like almost every single week, and I do apologize that for that. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, should I record, you know, like, in a week in advance? Should I do two weeks in advance? Should I do a month in advance? You know, things like this. And I, I want my reactions to be genuine, so I kind of want to still record, like, that week, or possibly the day before, or things like that, so... I am looking into possibly, because, you know, we made the new schedule, we have a new lineup of books every single week, and sometimes those books are really good and I want to keep reading. So, what I'm thinking about is, let's say, with this, the Shonen Jump, you know, show, you know, I really do enjoy Dragon Ball Super, so I might read two chapters in advance, and the same thing with uh, My Hero Academia and Rurouni Kenshin, I may read that second part of the volume ahead of time and then record two episodes at once but still have the uh, lineup for being, you know, one part in part two or whatever. So it really depends how I feel throughout the week and, you know, how I'm feeling with this podcast. Uh, I do still very much enjoy it. Um, I'm, I'm almost not looking forward to new books because I haven't really been enjoying the new books. And I'm not sure if I will continue that Wednesday show. It really just depends on if there's a book out there that is coming out newer that is really just getting me excited or not. So let's go ahead and jump in with what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about uh, the Dragon Ball Super Chapter 56. We're going to be talking My Hero Academia. I believe that will be uh, chapters 170. Oh, gosh. I completely forgot. I, I looked it up right before recording, and I already forgot. So it's going to be, of course, 56 on My Hero Academia, uh, 173 through 177 on My Hero Academia. Sorry, Dragon Ball Super is 56. My Hero Academia is 173 through 177, and Roroni Kenshin... 19 through 21 now i really did enjoy all of these uh i'm getting really excited for my hair academia because we're getting to a part where i very much just what had like almost a mental breakdown uh, a lot of things were happening in real life and i will share that story when we finally get there but uh let's go ahead and jump into dragon ball super chapter 56 Warriors of Earth Assemble. That is the chapter name for chapter 56. It starts off with Jakku uh, landing on Earth, and it actually looks like a lot more than just Jakku is landing on Earth. Probably more than half of the Galactic Patrol is now on Earth, teaming up with all of the Z Fighters. It's really cool. We get to see Yamcha, we see Chaozu, we see Tien, we see Gohan, we see Piccolo, we see Krillin. We see freaking uh, Masaroshi, and it, they all, it looks really cool. And the really cool thing, again, because this is a, you know, matter of the Galactic Patrol with all of the inmates, you know, being released out of their prison, all 
of the Z Fighters do have the Galactic Patrol symbol somewhere on their uniform. I really do like that. I think it's really cool. Uh, a little silly, yes, but I do find it kind of funny. Uh, but they're all being prepared uh, to fight. Now uh, we see Yamcha and Tien kind of like having the... the uh, not not cold feet, but they are like getting pumped up and like, oh man, it's been so long since we fought. I can't wait. And you know they're really getting to the point where they're like, okay, we're we're down to the few you know hours or few minutes that these guys will end up being on Earth. And uh, Maru's like top like cylinderoid ship is actually already there, and all of these different ships fly away from it. I guess they were like some sort of like escape pods, whatever, and they fly to different parts of the world. Uh, so the Z fighters uh, separate. Uh, I believe Yamcha takes one corner, uh, Tien and Chaozu take another, and then uh, Gohan and Piccolo are there fighting with uh, the same guy that ended up fighting them, uh, you know, six months ago. And the big panda dude is also fighting Krillin. And it's really funny because when Krillin is starting his fight with this big panda type dude, uh, some ladies come out that are also inmates. And they're like, okay, well, if y'all are going to fight, then we're going to go ahead and terrorize this portion of Earth. And, of course, Master Roshi, being the ladies' man, he sees them. He's like, Krillin, you can't always be, you know, relying on me to fight your battles. I'm going to go, you know, check on those uh, on those nasty babes. And with that, the the panda guy kind of gets a cheap shot on Krillin. But we do see the start of this fight with Gohan and Piccolo. I will say this is probably my favorite part of the entire chapter. Just because uh, Piccolo is just probably one of the smartest people on Earth. Uh, and that being, you know, fighting-wise and technique-wise, uh, we do know for a fact that uh, Piccolo trained Gohan in almost everything he knows. Uh, he had a pretty big uh, part, uh, Gohan anyway, had a pretty big portion of training, of course, in the Hyperbolic Time Chamber and the Cell Saga. But for the most part, it's always been Piccolo. Now, the individual that, of course, can absorb, uh, uh, what is it, 7-3? 7-3 can absorb uh, characters' abilities uh, through holding their neck. Now, apparently... They Before they went to Earth, they actually went to a planet where individuals could turn invisible. And so he was able to turn invisible and capture both Piccolo and Gohan's abilities at the same time. Of course, Jakku had something to say about it because he's like, oh, you let your guard down, blah, blah, blah. But the one thing is, Jakku talks like a whole bunch of mess about being like number two in the Galactic Patrol fight-wise. And we've never seen him fight. And I would really like to see if it's all a bluff or if he's legitimate and he's like one of the strongest fighters in the galaxy. I think that would be really cool. Really funny, but really cool. So what's really, really awesome about this, uh, 7-3 can only use one uh, person's techniques at one time. So uh, you see him using Piccolo's techniques. And so Piccolo has Gohan fight him with Piccolo's techniques. And then he switches to Gohan's techniques and then go and then uh, Gohan steps out of the fight and Piccolo fights. So it's more like it is a true duo in the sense of like, hey, 
he will know all of my techniques because he's using them, so why don't you fight him? And so they fight him together like that, and they very much start to beat the crap out of him. And 7-3 is kind of caught off guard because of this. And at one point, uh, both Gohan and Piccolo are using the special beam cannon, but using two different techniques to create the special beam cannon. So it completely throws 7-3 off balance uh, because he was not expecting it. And, of course, as a trump card for 7-3 is to use Moru's power and to start absorbing everybody's key and all of that, just like he did before. And because of this, he starts to use it and then freaking, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, freaking Piccolo says something. And before you know it, 7-3 is knocked out. And they're like, what in the world? And you see two separate feet like hitting him. And then it zooms out and you see that it's Android 17 and Android 18. And this was all part of Piccolo's plan as well. Stating that androids do not have any key, so he cannot absorb them. So Piccolo, like I said, is super freaking smart. It's absolutely awesome that he was able to do this. And while they are fighting 7-3... You get to see, like, a small little bit of, like, Yamcha fighting. Now, of course, like, prior in the Dragon Ball Super Saga, they did kind of make fun of Yamcha with a baseball game, uh, reminiscing on the time that he died through the Cybermen. So a lot of people, of course, think Yamcha is a living meme. But one thing that he does remind these alien inmates when they're fighting him is that he is one of the strongest human beings on the planet. And he very easily kicks the crap out of them. I always thought Yamcha was one of these really cool characters when I was a kid. Uh, just because he had like a signature move called like, what, what, what was it? The, uh, the Wolf Fang Fist. And for some reason, I just thought he was like one of the coolest guys ever. Like the cross scar on his cheek, the attitude that he had. Like I thought he was a badass. But of course, nowadays you do know. Uh, he's kind of, he kind of is a joke, but he's still not somebody to trifle with. So, I do like how he got a little bit of the limelight here. And, so, you know, like I said, I'm at the part where, you know, they're doing the special beam cannon together. Uh, really awesome stuff. Visually, I love the Dragon Ball Super comic, or the manga, just because it really is the show on paper. Like, for, for me, of course... I was somebody who always watched the show. I never read the manga. And I know that, like, there are definite, like... Just like how in an in anime there's, like, the sub and dub people. There, of course, is manga and anime people. And I'm really glad that I can be a part of both. Uh, I really do enjoy this manga. Uh, getting to see what will happen before the anime, you know, is adapted. So I really do like this. And... We see Maru kind of just like, okay, all these people are getting their ass whooped. But I do know that eventually Goku and Vegeta will come, so we'll sit and we'll wait. And at that time, we do see uh, Vegeta. And it seems like he is having trouble with this technique that uh, uh, that they are trying to teach him on Yardrat. Uh, Biparb is, the, uh, of course, the elder that is teaching Vegeta this uh, this technique and he wants to get it down uh, to a T so that way he can help really uh, 
uh, mess up Maru. And then, the very last panel, we see Goku is still trying to find out where Earth is with the spaceship that uh, Miris left him. Like I said, I think this is silly. He could very easily, with his abilities and how strong he is, he can very easily use the uh, instant transmission technique to get to Earth. So I don't know why they're having him uh, use this spaceship. I think it's very silly. It's just a small little plot device so that, you know, they can buy time for them to eventually go to the climax of this fight. But... You know, I, I do enjoy it. I, I did enjoy everything with the Z Fighters. Of course, I will very much enjoy everything that goes on with the actual fight between Maru, Vegeta, and all of them. So, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be absolutely fun. Uh, I get to see, like, we got to see a small glimpse last episode with Vegeta's, you know, n true nature as far as power coming out. Uh, and I liked, I would like to see him go full out with Maru. But let's go ahead and move on to My Hero Academia. Okay, 173, chapter 173 of My Hero Academia. Uh, 173 here is really just a small little, I would say, it, it's, it's not necessarily a filler. It is definitely something that is important and key to uh, what Deku and his classmates are doing for the school festival. Of course, the, uh, the festival is something that the school really wanted to bring about because of everything that has really gone on with UA and the heroes and everything else. They want to ease the kids' minds and still have fun, still remind them that they are kids and they can have fun. So, uh, of course, the practicing of the uh, performance is going on with uh, 1A, and Eerie actually shows up at school with uh, Midio. And I think that's really cool just because uh, we get to learn through Eerie's eyes, like the innocence and the craziness all at the same time of UA, uh, and this and craziness in the sense of like silliness and and you know how hard working they are uh, to really do something like this festival. And of course, like I said, it it's just Mirio and Deku walking through the school grounds, showing Eerie what she has to look forward to when it comes to this festival. Um, and we get to see, uh, what was it? We get to see freaking, uh, what is her name? A uh, part of the big three, you know, uh, Lemillion's other two partners, uh, they're going to be, uh, attending other parts of the festival. And I really enjoyed this. Of course, like I said before, uh, in last, uh, excuse me. In the last episode, I am already caught up with all this as far as the anime. Uh, this was very funny. You know, you had some parts where Eerie is kind of just confused because she hasn't experienced any of this stuff before. But in some way, she is still looking very forward to it. And that was one of the things at the very end of this chapter, 173, is they're having lunch and the principal is kind of just right next to them, uh, next to them, and uh, as well as the who is the professor? It's kind of like it's always funny because she kind of has like skimpy clothing. I forgot what her name is. Uh, is it Midnight? I want to say Midnight. Uh, I I want to say her name is Midnight, but uh, she uh, yeah yeah and Midnight Sensei. Uh, they're having lunch right next to them, and the principal uh, Nezu 
is very excited for you know the festival but you see a little bit of a flashback with him in regards to you know the i guess the government and uh police officials and all of this and they're wanting to cancel the festival and nezu principal nezu is really you know buckling down and saying like no these kids need this they have you know so many things have happened in the most recent you know months and years uh and so you know it's really important like i said in the very beginning it's really important for them to still know that they are kids and they are allowed to have fun instead of just like being trained to be warriors you know being a hero is not everybody's you know goal when going to ua there's a tech school there is a supportive school you know there there are class should i say and you know it's like when I say support class, it's more like a sidekick esque type class. Business is also a part of there, uh, and you know it's not being a hero is just a portion of that school, and that's what Nezu really wants to show them with this festival. And of course, like I said, they can still be kids; they can still have fun. Uh, and basically, they are wanting to implement all these, you know, safety precautions. So that way the festival is 100% safe and to prove to the government and police officials that everything will be okay. And uh, Midnight actually talks to Deku like as soon as uh, Principal Nezu walks away. And she's like, he really worked hard for you guys to get this, you know, going. So, you know, have fun, do whatever, but just be careful and, and to remember what he did for you guys is really what it is. And uh, Eerie at the end of this, you know, she says, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys do. And the the big, uh, I guess, uh, mic drop at the very end of this chapter is the dance squad basically tells Deku that he's out of the dance squad. And it's so heartbreaking because he does reveal at the very beginning because it almost just drops, like, immediately after that he had already promised Eerie that he would be dancing. But they do have a good excuse for it. They say, hey, you know, we need uh, Oyama to be the disco ball, but as soon as he gets up there and just twirls for a little bit, people are going to forget about him. So we need to have him more interactive. We need to have him swinging and moving and, you know, really being part of the performance. So the only person strong enough that can, you know, really do it would be you and so he does say okay as long as i can dance in the beginning of the show i think that would be okay so they do compromise and they are able to do that uh he deku does go back outside with all might to practice his uh his his new techniques with just the wind burst at 20 percent but uh freaking uh asumi the the tech nerd that gave uh deku his boots uh, she actually made him gloves, and it was really, really cool, because, uh, these gloves, is it, does he give him the gloves yet? No, 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 sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but she is basically, he's basically asking, like, hey, uh, or she, she, apparently, when he was walking through the festival with Eerie, he mentioned it to her, and so she came by to tell him, hey, I am working on this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, kind of reassuring him that, hey, everything is going according to plan. And even All Might goes out of his way to tell Deku, hey, at one point, 
I also had, uh, you know, support items, and that helped me. But it eventually became, you know, something that I was, you know, reliant on. And when I didn't have it, it, it really hindered me. So please don't do that. Whenever you're getting these support items, make sure that you can be a hero without them also. And so, you know, Deku does reassure uh, All Might and himself. like, yeah, okay, I will not rely too much on these items. So, you know, they, uh, all the students are back at their dorm they are kind of chatting about, you know, how excited they are for the festival. That, uh, you know, it's the next day that the uh, that the festival will be, and Deku is kind of just like freaking out because he never knew that All Might had support items. So he's looking at videos, he's looking for anything on the internet that might have footage of these support items. But he accidentally clicks on a video, uh, and it is the gentle uh, criminal. And he sees one of his videos and he's like, wow, that was weird. Uh, I kind of heard that he is some sort of villain that, you know, basically what Gentle Criminal is. He he reiterates to Ochaku, who is kind of over his shoulder. And it does jump to the Gentle Criminal uh, talking about how uh, he is planning the planet of attack. Not necessarily an attack. He, of course, is just trying to get into UA because of all of their security, he wants to prove that he can do it. And uh, it does a mini, like, I guess you would say, uh, whatchamacallit. He, it has, like, some small uh, uh, origin story for La Brava and himself. Uh, their first meeting or whatever. But uh, the day, of course, of the uh, festival comes about. And they're practicing... And they realize, oh, we need to have uh, some rope. We, we need some materials. Uh, because Deku notices that the rope that he's going to be using to carry Oyama is kind of frayed. And he doesn't want to accidentally drop Oyama at any, at any point of the show. So for safety reasons, he wants to go get new rope. And so he leaves. And bef- right before he leaves, he does meet... Uh, with the techie uh, Hatsume, and she delivers the gloves, and they look really, really cool. I actually love the design of these gloves, uh, and so he he gets them uh, while he is training with All Might right before the uh, festival. But then he remembers, oh crap, I need to go get that material. So he does leave, and. He was wanting to go to one store, but he finds out that that store doesn't necessarily carry the things that he needs. So he needs to go to another convenience store. Well, the convenience store that he did go to is right next to the small tea shop that Gentle Criminal wanted to go to right before he commenced his crime towards UA. And of course, Gentle Criminal is like covering his face, his eyes, you know, he has like this long drench coat. Like, all of this stuff to really be in disguise. And when they bump into each other, uh, Deku kind of mentions something about the, uh, I, what is it, the golden tea, I think. Uh, yeah, the it was a tea that Momo actually uh, made everybody in the dorms uh, that I forgot to mention uh, two chapters ago. I think it was in, in chapter, I, I think it was in last chapter. Well... Deku says something about it, and of course, the love of tea that Gentle Criminal has 
kind of makes him stop and kind of talk to him and everything else. And Deku immediately starts to connect the dots because he remembers the words that were from Gentle Criminal's video and he remembers the voice and it's the same voice as this guy. And so he's really starting to connect the dots and Gentle Criminal's like, all right, this is this is it. Like, this is... I have to let go of this disguise. I have to confront this person or he's going to ruin my plans. So the next two chapters is the fight between Deku and Gentle Criminal. And here, you know, it's really, really cool. We get to see Gentle's actual quirk, something that we hadn't really seen before. Uh, it was kind of teased at uh, in one panel of last episode when I was talking. Uh, it looked like he, because it was the convenience store that he robbed with the knife or whatever. And you saw that big splash page of all the villains or all the good guys, all the heroes down on the ground. And the panel actually looked wavy. And the reason that was is because he has a power of turning anything uh, into elastic. So it's a little wavy, it's a little rubbery, whatever. And it blows Deku back, this elasticity. And, you know, Deku will not have it because he knows. He knows that if any villain goes anywhere near UA, they will shut down the festival and he knows that he absolutely needs the festival to go on in order to get Eerie to smile. And that is the one goal. That is his life's goal right now, is to get Eerie to just crack one smile, to be happy, to truly get out of the arm's length of Overhaul. Because his shadow is still covering her. And he absolutely needs that to go away. And he knows that the festival will do that for her. So... You know, he does follow uh, Gentle Criminal and La Brava. He's using uh, the air. He uh, La Brava, well, not La Brava, sorry. Uh, Gentle Criminal is actually using his quirk to turn air into elasticity. And, like, he's using it as, like, jump pads. It's really, really cool. And so Deku starts to use this. And he kind of gets dis disoriented and... Uh, he is using the training that, of course, All Might and him have been doing, as well as the gloves. Uh, and he also has a little bit of a flashback to, uh, uh, oh my gosh, Jiro. Uh, uh, Again, like I said, every episode, I always forget somebody's name. Jiro, uh, of course, is uh, going to be the lead singer in the performance and of course she's the one teaching everybody uh music sound all these different things and she goes to deku deku is one person that loves to take notes and so she goes to deku in this flashback it's like hey how, how do you take notes i want to learn from you because i want to turn my notes into something that is legible and readable uh so that way you know, I can refer to these notes for other people in the band, for people in the performance, and things like that. And so she, he, he teaches her. And that kind of is, also plays a part in remembering who he is as somebody who remembers things. And because that was the really big part of Deku's character in the very beginning of the series, is that he knew anything and everything about being a hero, whether it be... 
defensive tactics, uh, offensive tactics, uh, you know, how some heroes use techniques to do this, that, or the other. You know, that was really a part of his character. And one thing it, that has kind of gone away, in a sense, but I'm glad they kind of bring it back here. But uh, this is where you see for the first time the uh, the he uses the Delaware Smash in a as a wind tunnel uh, through the gloves and attacks uh, Gentle Criminal and La Brava, and he says, "I will not do this. I I will not let you do this. I'm going to take you down, and you cannot stop me." And they end up fighting at this huge construction site, and you learn that. Gentle Criminal's uh, technique, or technique, but quirk, actually does not just, like, go away. Uh, the quirk lasts on any item that he touches for quite some time until it returns back to normal. Uh, so it can't just, like, you know, poof and it's back to normal. It actually takes some time. And he uses this uh, to hit his advantage to disorient Deku. But, uh, thankfully, uh, Deku is able to kind of, you know, really use the idea, like I said before, Eerie as his inspiration to really get this festival going and to keep him going as far as this fight. And we do see, uh, you know, it goes to, it says 8.45 a.m., so in 15 minutes, the, uh, the uh, performance is going to start. The festival is going to start. And a lot of the classmates are kind of worried of where Deku is. Nobody knows where he is as far as location, but they do know that he went to go get the supplies. So they're kind of worried uh, for how long it's taking. But, you know, they... Uh, it's really cool because Deku uses another Delaware Smash, the Air Force, uh he hits the uh, one of Gentle Criminal's like air pads or jump pads. He hits one of those and it bounces and then hits uh, Gentle Criminal. So it's very cool how it's all played out. Uh, but uh, at the very end, it says uh, with La Brava in 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 panel, it says uh, this kid's just like Gentle. Uh, he doesn't give up. I better use my quirk. And so next episode, we will learn what La Brava's quirk is and how they will use it in regards to fighting Deku. Now, I like I said, I have caught up on this as far as the anime. Uh, I think we have maybe two more volumes and then we are completely done uh, with catching up with the anime. And then it's all new stuff for me. And so that's the stuff where I'm really going to get excited about. And when I get completely caught up as far as where the anime is, I may go um, a little less of, you know, instead of five uh, chapters per episode, I might go back to three. Uh, really depends on my workload. And, you know, because cause I, I kind of want to be a little bit ahead of the episodes when they finally come out for season five but we we don't know we don't know you know i change my mind every freaking day and i need to stop but let's go ahead and move to the last portion of this episode that being chapters 19 through 21 
of Roroni Kenshin. All right, so chapter 19 of Roroni Kenshin, the daughter of Aizu. Now, of course, we did leave off where these three criminals were actually attacking the dojo with Kenshin, Soto, and Yoshi and Kairi, and of course, Megumi. And, you know, Kenshin and this ninja dude, we still don't know a name for him. He is very quick. Uh, he quick. He he is not somebody to trifle with. That is something that uh, Sono and uh, Kenshin very much notice immediately. And so, and he actually doesn't even want to fight. He says, "Hey, I just want to regroup. I want to grab my people, and we can fight this, you know, battle later." And so he grabs uh, the really big dude, and of course the little runt that poisoned uh, uh, Yoshi, and he jumps away. And now. Uh, everybody's freaking out about Yoshi, but Megumi is the only one that kind of has has her head on straight, and sh so she told. She, I cannot speak. I'm trying to say so many words all at the same time. Oh my goodness. Anyway, she tells Kairi and Sono and Kinshin to go grab, you know, different materials because she knows what's what to do, and so they actually get all of this stuff to a local doctor, which is really cool because this doctor that's here. Is actually the one that uh, that is at Kyrie's place in the anime and actually lives with her. Uh, so it was really cool to see him here in this chapter. But uh, uh, basically, this doctor is stating that uh, you know the only person that could really learn you know the material to take care of this poison is somebody who knows their stuff in. Uh, pharmaceuticals and they're like yeah hold on a minute there buddy you know it's just this one girl she's kind of like a a pusher for drugs and all of this and uh they uh you know mention you know something or other like that and he goes wait do you mean takani magumi and sona's like wait whoa hold whoa hold on hold on how do you know her and we go off to kenshin confronting Megumi and really still wanting to learn about her past and she is still very hesitant to tell anybody the truth about her past but of course uh, this doctor is in a different location so she, he is telling oh my gosh I have to sneeze like my my eyes are closed and like I'm wincing and stuff I don't want to sneeze on the podcast anyway uh, this doctor is talking to Kyrie and uh, Sono and he says, you know, this woman at one point was, uh, a, you know, a, the, I don't know if it was, yeah, so Megumi's father, Takani Ryuzu, had especially strong beliefs. Seeing the uh, efficiency of European medicine, he left Aizo, which is an actual place, uh, Aizo abruptly for, uh, to study in uh, Nagasaki. Uh, and it says, uh, now, just when the Takani family was pardoned and allowed back, a new front in the Boshimi War broke out, the Iozu War. And it has a little bit of background on that war, but he says, They were doctors, so young Megumi uh, was left behind as the family went to the battlefields. Her father was killed in battle, and her mother and two brothers went missing. From that moment on, Megumi-san was alone. So she is, she is just somebody, you know, because we talked about in last uh, episode where she, when she looked at Kairi, Sono, Yoshi, and 
uh, Kinchin, she had somewhat of a flashback to something that she probably had, such as a family. So, this totally makes sense. And this is probably why she's so hesitant to open up. Because she has been hurt for so long, being almost considered a slave-like person, and not having a family. And, you know, when you learn that this person, I keep forgetting his name, but the person who is in charge of this, like, self-owned, uh, uh, Kanryu, that's his name, uh, and, well, no, 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 sorry, Kanryu is the doctor, I believe, I'm getting all these names mixed up, but, uh, basically, Megumi is starting to open up to Kenshin, and she says, uh, the spider's web is the opium, that she learned how to create. It says here, spider's web like ordinary opium, but better processed. With only half the poppy juice, it's twice as potent, meaning four times the profit. Uh, distributed efficiently in five years, all Tokyo could be addicted. Now, Kenryu wanted to mass produce, so he tried to get the method out of the doctor, but uh, the good doctor wouldn't tell him he wanted to uh, he wanted the profits for himself, so Kenryu accidentally killed him. So, thus I, a loyal uh, assistant, and the only one who knows the method, was forced to work for them. They told me I was making medicine to save people's lives, but when I learned the truth, I wanted to die. So she has learned, like just recently, that she is the reason that so many people are addicted to opium, why so many people have died because of it. So... You know, there, at one point we do know that Sono is still kind of very harsh towards Megumi because his two friends, or his friend, uh, we had learned at the beginning of this arc, had died from opium. Uh, you know, that's why he was asking, hey, where is so-and-so? I thought he would be here for the gambling stuff. And that's when his friends, you know, shared the horrible news. And so uh, we go back to the, uh, the uh, personal army's owner and we see that ninja guy, uh, you know, talking about, uh, well, let's see, uh, and what is his name? I want to know what his name is. Uh, and you, Hanyo. Hanyo is the ninja guy, uh, the one with the mask and the one that was uh, fighting Kenshin that said he didn't want to fight. Uh, apparently, uh, he got wounded. We didn't even see this, and it actually shows here that Kenshin was so fast that he was able to actually get one hit with the uh, back end of his sword uh, to injure his ribs. And he said that he will be able to move after about uh, two to three days, and then they will be able to get back into action as far as their fighting. So, I have really been enjoying this. Uh, we get to see a little bit more of Megumi, uh, Megumi's specialties as far as like cooking and kind of being the quote-unquote better woman when, when compared to Kairi. Uh, you know, the guys are kind of teasing them about that. But uh, the, uh, the owner or the slave, uh, not the slave owner, the freaking Kanryu, Takeda Kanryu actually sends off uh, sends Hi uh, Hanyu uh, to send a message to Megumi saying, hey, you need to meet him in the woods, you know, at this time. She does meet him, and he basically blackmails her in a horrible way, saying that uh, my private army 
uh, all the Yakuza in the area, a good 500 mil, uh, men will not see that, uh, will see that not even a mouse can escape. If the bird will not sing, kill it. But we, can't, but we can't have you dying alone so your friends can go too. Basically, if you don't come with me, I will kill all of those innocent people. And basically she has like a whole day to think about it, or a couple hours. So she goes back and she ends up leaving a letter for them. Uh, and the guys are like, no, we're not going to have this. We are ready to fight. And even Yoshi. Yoshi, uh, of course, uh, here in the actual... Uh, book his name is uh, Yahiko Yahiko is finally you know you know we saw a little bit of this in the last chapter with him uh, or last episode getting getting poisoned he said you know I can still defend people and he's finally wanting to be you know a big part of this team so he wants to go uh, with Sono and Kenshin to save Megumi and it's so funny because he finally he like talks to uh, in in the last chapter that we talk about here uh, chapter 21, uh, he tells uh, Sono, like, Sono's kind of like the biggest badass, you know, uh, as far as, like, outward appearance and, like, being a show-off. Uh, you know, Yoshi tells him, uh, uh, you know, don't get in our way. You know, I, I know you're very flashy and you, and you want to do all these things. Don't get on our way. And I think that's very cocky of Yoshi and very funny, uh, just because, you know, that's just the kid he will be. And they do make an assault on this building, on this household, where this uh, huge army is, and where Hanriku uh, is, and it's so uh, so funny, uh, because right here, like I said, uh, Yoshi is kind of in the background, trying to really catch up with everybody, and he says, I said, don't slow us down, and he eventually gets used as a freaking bowling ball sono grabs him throws him into a whole group of guys and his pickpocketing days actually helped him because he was able to grab one of the guns of the guard and when he like pointed it to uh, somebody he just yells the word bang and he says are you kidding me i'm not gonna shoot you know guns are for sissies and he uh he basically is just the distraction but kenshin and sono uh, do a pretty big number on a lot of these soldiers and we will get to the actual fight next episode um, I really do enjoy this uh, I really love Yoshi's character uh, he is a, still a little bit of a hothead uh, Yahiko is but I really love that he's finally getting the muster to be you know a fighter in this whole thing oh my gosh I feel like I'm gonna sneeze and it's like hurting my brain I don't want to sneeze because I don't want to crack the mic. But I really love how uh, Yahiko is really being somebody who's wanting to stand up for others. Uh, just because he is learning how to do that with both Sono and Kenshin being kind of the role models that he really, really needs. Compared to how he was as a slave uh, through that gang that we first met him in. But... Uh, that is going to be it for the episode. I actually have to get going uh, to work here pretty soon. I actually recorded during the day. That's very surprising for me. But uh, with that, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please press subscribe and share the podcast to all of your anime and manga-loving friends. And, of course, we will have a show next Thursday and next Friday, of course, for the Throwback Thursday episode. 
and the Ultimate Friday episode. So until then, I will see you guys later. You are saying,